Thanks for listening to another life-transforming message from the team here at C3 Southwest Washington. To find out more about our church, visit c3swwa.com. Thanks so much, Valerie. You can find your seat today. So good to be here from the distant shores of Oregon. Although it's getting harder and harder to say that now. I do live in, I, I just bought a house in Washougal. So I'm strictly speaking a Washingtonian now. And uh, praise the Lord uh, for a little slice of paradise there. And God is good. It's my joy and my absolute pleasure to be with you all today. Today I thought I'd wear a shirt to match the chairs and the tent and uh, just try and colour coordinate here. I uh, hope you appreciate my efforts there. Uh, no vans, shoes, the checkerboard ones. No, that none of them were harmed in the making of this shirt, I promise you. And so, very cool. Yeah, as you can tell uh, from my accent, for those of you who have never met me before or heard, I am from a little south of South Salem. I'm from Perth, Australia. My beautiful wife, Kaz, and myself and our two kids uh, moved to uh, Oregon to launch a church in northeast Portland. And uh, we are currently in the Cully neighborhood of northeast Portland. We have a beautiful church there, going about three and a half years, and uh, just an incredible uh, opportunity. Who, who knows we serve an opportunity God? One of the things that Jesus rising from the dead did means that any moment it's an opportunity. Any moment the ceiling's been lifted off whatever you're in. You may be like just in church right now, but really you're in a moment of opportunity because you serve an opportunity. God, his opportunity spirits in you. Right now you could just like literally, the ceiling is our expectation. The ceiling is our faith. The ceiling is our attitude. Our attitude determines our attitude, right? So like we can like literally just reach into God. We can be having just a, the, the extraordinary in the ordinary moment is really, man, our faith is the gap that joins the two, right? So like any given moment can become something ex- exciting. And so li- living for Jesus and living with Jesus and having his spirit within, a, within us and being one with him is, is, is an extraordinary moment. But I digress. I, I, w- I would like to uh, just honor, of course, Pastor Steve and Pastor Rowena Parish, incredible lead pastors of your church. Uh, they have been incredible in our story. Uh, you know, uh, they, they are an incredible couple who have, uh, for Pastor Kaz and myself, in Oregon, have, have just been people that have been around us, encouraged us, stirred us, said, hey, you guys aren't out there alone. We're with you guys. And so we have a great love for this church, great love for its leadership and its leadership team. Uh, this is a world-class church, and I'm so excited as you guys come into relaunch of all that God is going to do uh, in, that, in that season to come. You know, uh, as I was thinking of characters from the Bible people from the Bible that, man, I just really like feel an alignment with. I could have gone to a few. The one I really felt the Holy Spirit draw me to was David in the Bible. I love I loved King David. Um, he must have had something going for him because the Lord really established upon him something that was to last 
Man, God built, you know, God, when he builds, he builds uh, revelationally, he builds relationally, and he builds generationally. God builds in a way that that's, uh, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He builds out a revelation, the revelation of Jesus in our life. He builds relationally. God doesn't just build like through principles. It's actually as we grow in him and grow in our love for him and grow in our love for others that, that God builds in our life. Uh, living in a cave in, the, in, in Nepal is not the greatest way to grow and mature and, mature and build in your, in, your, in your spiritual walk. You actually have to have an object of love. You have to have someone to love. So actually the people around you are a great blessing, particularly if they really annoy you, particularly if you're just like, man, you just cannot stand that person. Man, you get to walk in love. Praise the Lord. That's why churches are so cool because like it forces you to love people you never normally hang out with. Man, I'd never normally hang out with that person. Man, we just like chalk and cheese. We're so different. But you know, we've got to love one another. Um, and that's really cool. And it just means that, 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 that the love of God, the more, the more we pour out love, the more love comes in. So you want to grow in your love? Man, just love people. Pour it out. Smile at somebody today and say, I love you. I love you. Cool. Awesome. All right. Are we going to come around David? And, uh, you, know, um, you know, David's got so many cool things going for him. We, we all know King David in the Bible. He is a pretty cool character. There's always the iconic story. I love to come around with David. He, he's a pretty cool moment. Now, say if I say anything vaguely correct today, give you full permission to get excited and say yes, because the truth is uh, preaching is a contact sport. It's like, like, like I'm speaking out there, but, man, there's something in your spirit that can grab it. You know, that's the great thing. Like I said, any moment could be an opportunity moment. Like, God, you should just be praying to the Lord. Lord, I just pray you do something in my heart today. Just shake me up. I pray because the seed, the word is seed. And like when our heart is open to receive and there's a yes in our heart, man, something like the, the word can go, boo, it can like germinate something that can make you a million bucks. Yes. Man, like, like that, it can do something that shifts relationally, like the, the trajectory of your family for generations. It can establish something in your home that the enemy's been having a field day with. It can establish something that drives him out. The thing that can happen from God's word is it's powerful. It's powerful in our lives. And so I encourage you with God's word today, have an attitude of, woo, I'm going to take all I can get. You can slap the person next to you with your Bible if you've got a phone. Use the corner on the person's knee next to you. works far better. But you, you can stand on your chair. Um, make sure there's no one sitting on it. Uh, you can do whatever you want to get excited today about God's word. And uh, I just believe, again, uh, if we stay on the edge of expectancy we never miss God's doorway amen. of opportunity amen so yeah there's this guy called David really we come across him uh, in the book of Samuel but it gets really exciting around 1st Samuel 17 because uh, the people were paralyzed they'd come up for a big war this whole army of Israel They'd all gotten ready for a fight. Ever, ever rocked up for a fight? Ever rocked up, man, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm ready to go. Maybe it's a business deal. Maybe it's a, man, you've, 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 you're new to a place. Maybe it's a new job and you've rocked up for a fight. Just got married, just bought a car, just, I don't know, something new's happened and you're there, you're rocked up for a fight. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm, oh, let me at it. And you're, and, you're, and you're all sorted. And that's why all these, like, can you imagine like a thousand or ten thousand? I don't know how big the army was, but they're 
all ready for a fight. Oh. And, and the trouble is both sides had done the same thing. And they were now camped on two big um, hills with a valley. Neither, neither of them wanted to give up the good ground. Neither of them wanted to expose themselves to giving away advantage. But, you know, sometimes you can rock up to life in this kind of attitude and disposition. But, man, there's a, there's a force that opposes you. David was a guy who was, lived in a context and the context is encouraging because he lived in a context where he had opposition. The Bible says, hey, count it all joy when you like when you have trouble. God opted not to, to jettison his church out of here. He puts you in trouble. So if there's things that agitate you, if there's things that are like, oh God, I can't believe I have to stare at that. That's man, you are God's bridge. You are the bridge and the contrasting picture of what God shows you in heaven compared to the things that agitate, the things that get your heart, that are, that are heartache kind of material. The thing, then you are the middle space. You are the ones that are the intercessory party on, on behalf of heaven. So of course it's going to bug you. Of course it's going to mess up your heart. Of course it's going to be like, oh, do I have to look at that again, God? You know, maybe it's something that you look that you see on, on, on the 24-hour news cycle. Maybe it's something that's happening in the workplace. Maybe you're coming across stuff and it, and it just agitates you and it just bugs you. And God, it shouldn't be. But you are God's middle space. And, and, and I want to tell you, there's a power called the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in your life is an overcoming spirit. What, means, what that means is that Jesus, as you love Jesus with all your heart, that the Spirit of Jesus, and we love Jesus, the Spirit of Jesus within you, there's a greater projection of the Spirit of Jesus from you on the circumstance around you than on the circumstance around you onto you. I'll say it again. There's a greater projection of Jesus from your life on the things that, are, that, are, that you're sort of in contact with than there is of those things upon you. You're a winner. There's an overcoming spirit in your life. There's a resurrection power of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's exciting news. And so David's, David's this guy that shows up into a situation where, man, they, they, they can't sort of attack. They're stuck. And then, you know, we all know the story. And, and you know, there's plenty of things that we can be in stalemate with in our life. Maybe it's diabetes. Maybe it's a medical condition. Maybe it's just an unacceptable situation in the family. Maybe you've been trying to forgive for a long time. Maybe the same old ceilings are the same old ceilings. You're bumping up again time and time and again. It seems like you're in stalemate. We know the story in this particular instance. 1 Samuel 17, a guy called Goliath comes to the party. We all, we all, we all know about Goliath, right? Man, he had a nose like a weaver's beam and he was built like an orc, uh, we, we looked like an orc, built like a, like a, trave col, a, a cave troll, and it, it was huge, right? It just, man, the Bible goes to such lengths to describe how huge this dude is. Like, he's, he's gnarly. He's gnarly. I, I'm pretty sure it says in, in the Message Bible, I haven't actually read it in the Message Bible, but I'm sure in the Message Bible, I'd probably say, just say, gnarly, gnarly. The gnarliest dude you've ever seen. Anyone got a gnarly situation in their life? It's just gnarly. You know, sometimes we come across things that are just gnarly and they're just speaking to us. And, you know, I talked a bit, a little bit about the 24-hour news cycle. But, you know, um, Goliath liked to talk. 
He liked to talk smack. And he taught people to smack so point that they felt smaller and smaller by comparison to that which they faced. Man, the, the, the impact of just listening to Goliath all day long was they felt smaller and smaller. And, the, and sometimes, you know, we're listening to stuff and we're listening to stuff and it feels like it's becoming bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Goliath didn't feel 10 feet tall. He felt 30 feet tall to those, 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 those soldiers. Man, what's, what's gnarly in your life? What's going on that's just, man, it's gnarly. It's so huge. It's a big problem. Some people have big problems here today because you've got big faith. You showed up for a fight. Now you've got a big problem on your hands. <laughs> There's an overcoming spirit in you. There's an overcoming spirit in you. There's two different, two different, you know, the soldiers that just kept listening and kept looking. Oh, oh, I can't even look. Oh. And they used to line up for battle each day. Oh, here he comes again. Oh, oh, I can't even look. It hurts to look. Oh, he's big. Oh, he's ugly. Oh. That's how it was. 40 days paralyzed. 40 days paralyzed. Still don't own a house paralyzed, still haven't had a promotion, paralyzed, still, still don't know what to do about my kids, paralyzed, still don't have an answer, paralyzed, still can't get the partnership to work, paralyzed. But it says that in walks David, David's got a different spirit. David's got a different spirit. You've got a different spirit. You've got a breakthrough spirit. You've got the spirit of the resurrection. Man, what Jesus did on the cross has to mean something to you. What Jesus did on the cross has to matter right now. What Jesus did on the cross has to count. Like the power of what he did on the cross has to be alive. It has to mean something like in the moment that you face at any given moment. It has to mean something right now. Like it has to mean, not like, like, like you should be better. No, like it has to, there has to be a pervading power that God has in your life that, that means something when you really need it to mean something. That isn't you dependent. That, that, but that, I mean, you've got all the faith in the world and you do all the showing up in the world, but it's God that's doing it. It's God that died on the cross for you. It's Jesus that died on the cross for you. You didn't have to do it. He did it. It's his power. It's his work. He's the one building his kingdom through your life and family. Man, you keep showing up. You keep having faith. You keep showing up and believing God. And there's an overcoming spirit in your life. There's something that's not of you that has breakthrough capacity. There's something that's not of you that has the capacity to be a difference maker. So here, he, here comes David and he sees this ugly awful situation he's got some faith built up you know sometimes just the the, the the situations that we face with lions and bears like what you know like 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 David had a lion and a bear that was just like the his his learning moments but it built faith in his life and he cultivated an atmosphere in his heart that was a pretty wild atmosphere and you know when he shows up on the field of battle instead of going oh he's so big man what, what can I do? He's going, he's so big, I can't miss, which is really cool. So big, I can't miss. So Goliath was a situation, but David represented the situation. The thing I love about David, he's the situation. You are the situation. 
You might be in a situation, but you are the situation. You represent a greater reality. You represent a greater reality. You represent a greater reality in whatever situation you're in today. Man, the more it's in contrast and defiance to the way you know it should be, because the Bible tells you so. You represent a situation to that problem. If I'm the devil, I just want to like try and poo-hoo and like, like disparage and tell you, you're too old, you're too young. That's what he said to David. He goes, oh, you come against me with sticks and stones. Oh, he tried to disparage his weaponry. I want to tell you then, when you walk, if I had a baseball bat right now and I dragged it down the middle here, you could hear it like crinkle, crinkle. It makes the noise, right? It changes the atmosphere because you're like, I hope he doesn't hit me with that. I hope he doesn't hit me. I hope he doesn't get excited in the moment and hit me with that. And then, and I want to tell you that when you walk into a situation, there's a nervousness in the kingdom of darkness. When David walked onto the battlefield, there was a nervousness. And man, all, all the people that were status quo, they tried to, oh, just shut up, David. Shh, don't, don't. But I want to tell you something on you that's powerful. There's something on you that has winning capacity. There's something in you that's the Spirit of God. You're, you're a, you, you change the trajectory of situations. You are the situation. You represent a greater situation. You represent a greater situation in your family. The devil might have intention for your kids, but I want to tell you, God has greater intention. You, are the, you represent the situation today. And, you know, sometimes life tries to get you just to be, and particularly if you've been paralyzed for a while, looking for a way, where, where, where's, the, where's the weakness? I can't see the weakness. How do, I, how do I step forward? How do I get ahead? I just, it's got me stuck. But I, man, sometimes we, we, life can knock the run out of you. Can knock the run out of you. It says David ran at Goliath. He ran at Goliath. Woo! Aha! <laughs> You know, sometimes God, God's, God loves it when we walk forth, run. You know, Paul's, I run with purpose. Goliath was David's purpose. He was running at, running, well, actually, he, what, Goliath wasn't his purpose, but Goliath was in the way of David's purpose. Amen. And sometimes things stand in the way of our purpose and, and we have to run. And so many things want to knock the run out of you. Maybe COVID-19 knocked the run out of you. Maybe you were running. Man, you, you just had a sense of gait that was just, rah, we're going for it. Maybe things happened and, and, and now, to be honest, it's, 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 you've, you've sort of been a bit stationary. Time to run. We're born to run. We really are. Paul said, do not know those who run a race or run, but one receives the pride, run in such a way that you may obtain it. And when we run, we're running to Jesus. When David ran, he was running with all, he knew that greater was he that was with him. Then this Goliath fellow, but until you um, actually put yourself in a situation where you're relying on that reality, that reality cannot work on your behalf. It's only on the other sense of that, other side of that inner death, that inner surrender and submission, that the supernatural capacity of God starts to unwork in your life. It's only on the other side of that moment, and it's an internal moment, that you start to see God's exponential outcomes. It's only when you start to run into a place that, that's either certain death or victory that you start to, to see God's exponential outcomes and, and the laws of the Spirit of God in Christ Jesus start to write themselves in a way that is affecting the natural in your life.
because it can be great in theory. But I want to tell you, we're called to run today. And David was a runner. Praise the Lord. Paul said, I run. What's got us on the back foot today? What's got us on the back foot? The thing I love about about David, and he was a runner. David would run at Goliath. And we know the story. He won. Goliath, he chopped his head off. He didn't have anything with wits to chop his head off, but God provided in his moment. Goliath's own sword. Cha-ching, off it came. Praise the Lord. There's this really cool scripture. You know, David wrote a lot of the Psalms. And there's this one Psalm, Psalm 117. Who likes Psalm 117? It's really cool because it's, it's only two verses. <laughs> so he was in the mood for writing short, short Psalms. And then he started to write about his, of the Word of God. He started to write about, man, the way God is and the Word of God and the character and nature of God. Of course, all he had to go on was the laws of God in the first five books of the, of the Old Testament. That was his Bible, so to speak. And, and he was just into God and he was into the Word. Um, but there's something about David. What, what caused David to be able to run for his generation? What caused him to be able to run? The only time David got in trouble was when he was meant to be running. <laughs> when he was meant to be out, it's a time when kings went to war. The only time something got him stale, something got him stagnant and he got into trouble. That was the only time. The rest of the time when he ran, when he ran, he was fulfilling God's purpose in his life. And here's something which I just love about, uh, because in Psalm 119, two verses later, I'm pretty sure David was, again, just in the mood of writing short psalms, but he goes on to write the longest psalm, like 160 something verses worth. And he starts writing about God's word. He starts about his Bible. He, start, he, start, he starts writing um, about it. Let's have a read of what he, Verse 2, blessed are those who keep your testimonies, who seek him with a whole heart. Verse 10, with my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. He's 10 verses in. He should stop, but he's like, oh, he's just getting excited. He starts writing about God's word. Oh, I love God's word. I will delight myself, verse 16, in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Verse 18, open my eyes that I might see wondrous things from your law. Verse 20, my soul breaks with longing for your judgments at all times. Verse 23, princes sit before me and speak against me, but your servant meditates on your statues. Verse 24, your testimonies are my delight and my counsellors. Verse 28, Strengthen me according to your word. Verse 34, keep me understanding that I will understand and keep your law. Indeed, I will observe it with my whole heart. Verse 35, make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Make me walk in the path of your commandments. Verse 60, I make haste and did not delay to keep your commandments. He's still going 60 verses. Let's keep going. Verse 72, the law of your mouth is better to me than a thousand of coins of gold and silver. Verse 82, my eyes fail from searching your word. Verse 97, oh, how I love your law. It's my meditation all the day. 103, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Verse 127, therefore I love your law and your commandments more than gold, yes, than fine gold. Verse 129, your testimonies are wonderful. Therefore my soul keeps them. Verse 131, I open my mouth and 
panted, for I longed for your commandments. 136 rivers of water run from my eyes because men do not keep your law. Verse 140, your word is very pure. Therefore, your servant loves it. 145, I cry out with my whole heart, hear me, O Lord, I will keep your statutes. 148, my eyes are awake through the night watches that I might meditate on your word. 162, I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. And, and that's just a couple of the verses. He goes on and on and on. And there was something in the life of David where he said, Jesus, I, well, the, the, whatever you said back then, God, God, with my whole heart, I'm going to pursue you. With my whole heart, I'm going to be set upon you. And there was a spirit cultivated in his life where he ran after God with all of his life. And I just think that's awesome. And I want to encourage you today because sometimes things can discourage you. And sometimes things can shout and even there's areas in our heart and life where we have momentum, but there's some things that become stuck. Stuck. And it's God's desire today that we wouldn't let those things stop us. But that actually with those things, we start to move. Start to move. Start to run at them. Well, I only have one step I can take. That's a great first step. And as you start to run at some stuff, as you start to take action, start to run. God will give us great victory. You have an overcoming spirit in your life today. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, if you're here today and you don't have a sense of assurance that if you were to die, that you would go to heaven, or you don't have a sense that, man, I'm at peace with God. The Bible says that uh, you don't have to be good enough for God. What the Bible says is that Jesus... <laughs> He died on the cross 2,000 years ago. He died on the cross and he did it so that he could pay the price for all the things that keep us from him. All of our sins, all of our selfishness. He died on the cross so that we wouldn't have to. And he died on the cross, took it all upon himself. And when we receive that gift, it's called making him our saviour. Not ourselves our saviour, him our saviour. And the Bible says in that moment, our response to that should be, Jesus, I choose to no longer live life for myself. I lay my life down. I lay my identity down. I lay my rights down. And I receive your life, your identity. I receive your rights in return. There's a transaction. God, I lay myself down and I receive you. And it says in that moment, the Holy Spirit comes on the inside of us and we become one with God. It's called making Him our Lord and our Saviour. And if you're here today and you've never done that and meant it with all your heart, while every eye is closed and every head is bowed, and you're saying, Jesus, I want to do that today. I want you to raise your hand to, to heaven and say, God, that's me today. I make you my Lord. I make you my Savior today. I make that commitment for the rest of my life. Thank you for dying on the cross of Calvary. Anyone here? Just put your hand up to God and say, God, that's me. Would you repeat this prayer? Dear Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross as full and complete payment for everything that keeps me from you. Today, you are my Savior. And from this day forward, I lay down my life. I lay down my rights. I lay down my identity. And in return, I receive your life. 
I receive your rights. I receive your identity. You are my Lord. And I'll follow you the rest of my life. For any person that's stuck here today, if you've got something going on, why don't you all stand to your feet, church? Let's just all stand. If you've got something going on, you say, today's a day to sh-. So many, so, the Bible says, shake off everything that so easily ensnares. Man, there's so many things that ensnare us, thought patterns, just moments of, my, my, I was looking the other way, whatever. Man, it's time to shake ourselves sometimes and run. If there's something in your life, you know it's time to run. Again, a fresh moment to run. A fresh moment of determination. I'm going to run in that thing. If, if something I've been speaking is stirring you today, I just want you to raise your hand to the Lord and say, Lord, that's me. Lord, that's me. Lord, I'm going to run today. Lord God, I'm not going to be paralyzed. Lord God, by that which I look upon. Lord God, for people here that, Lord, just what they see on the news, what they see in America. Lord God, has been a, Lord, a, a disquieting and upsetting thing for their heart. I pray today, God, I thank you, Jesus, Lord, Lord, the, that the reality of heaven is greater in our hearts today. And so therefore fills us with joy in a way that's refreshing, in a way, Lord God, that gives us a sense of courage and hope for, Lord God, this nation and for the situations that we're in. I pray, Lord God, that there will be, I thank you that the Spirit of God in them is an overcoming spirit. And I thank you as they run in you today. They're not paralyzed by these things, but they run forward with your purpose. In Jesus' name, today is an exciting day. Lord, running in purpose, running in the purposes of the Lord. In Jesus' name, just lift both hands to heaven where you stand. God, I thank you for a refreshing touch upon each and every person here today. Oh, Jesus, we we breathe you in. Oh, Jesus, we thank you for your spirit. Lord, as we reach in faith today, I thank you, Holy Spirit, touch each and every person. For the people that are tired or dry, that's been working real hard, I pray fresh touch right where they stand today. A fresh anointing, pour yourself out upon people today, hungry and thirsty for you. In Jesus' mighty name, God bless you, church. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, leaders, and what we do at C3 Church, visit our website at c3swwa.com.